0: Welcome to The Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. I'm your host, Larry Witzel. Seventh-day Adventist churches grow differently, and our goal with this podcast is to offer practical training for effective evangelism in the Adventist ministry context. If you've been enjoying the Propel podcast, can I ask you a favor? First, we'd love it if you took a moment uh, to leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Good Pods, whatever. Your review, good or bad, will really help us. So. Uh, we'd appreciate if you could leave a review for us. Second, we'd love to hear from you directly. If there's something in particular that you'd like to hear more of at future Propel Conference events, send us an email to podcast at propelconference.org. Our team reviews every email and you can actually have an influence on which future speakers that we invite. So please email us at podcast at propelconference.org. Today's episode is the final breakout session in the Bible study training track from the 2023 Propel Conference. Sarah Grant is a campaign manager at Sermon View Evangelism Marketing, dedicating her time to helping match churches' marketing needs with the most effective advertising resources. In her presentation, Sarah talks about Sermon View's Lead Generator program, which guarantees Bible study leads every month, as well as Interest Tracker, the cloud-based CRM, for managing interests on their way to membership in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. She talks about some tactics for making first contact with interests, as well as communication strategies for building that important relationship. There's a lot of great information here, and I know that you'll be blessed. First, the sponsor of today's episode is Advent Source. No matter what ministries are happening at your church, from evangelism and VBS to Pathfinders and community services, Advent Source can help. AdventSource is the official leadership resource center for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in North America. They provide materials for evangelism, Sabbath school, community-friendly seminars, Pathfinder and Adventure Clubs, and more. I want to highlight two resources in particular that are available at AdventSource. The first is a bridge event on creation science created by Dr. Stan Hudson called Origins. And the second is a brand new full message evangelistic series by David Kleindienst called Forecasting Hope. My team has worked with a number of churches who have found both of these resources particularly effective. You can learn more about Origins and Forecasting Hope along with all their other incredible resources at adventsource.org. With that, let's hear from Sarah Grant's presentation at the 2023 Propel Conference, Lead Generator and Interest Tracker.
1: We're going to start by looking at um, how to find and connect with those who want to study the Bible, who are searching, then we'll look at some things to consider when connecting with them, and um, then again, how to track their progress on that spiritual journey. How do you go about finding Bible study leads Um, for your church and um, finding those who are ready to study the Bible. There are a few different ways to find people who are ready to study the Bible. Um, You can do that through personal invitation. You can do that through um, mailings, through social media advertising, and also through like Google search ads. So um, we're gonna talk about some of the benefits and challenges of each of those um, first. But before we do, we're gonna talk about a couple of different um, words, some different language that I'm gonna be throwing in here that it would be helpful if I probably explain first. So um, the first thing we're gonna look at, um, so those two words, I'll just toss them out there, is um, active and passive ads or offers. Um, Now, active ad is for a passive viewer. So this ad or this offer is being offered when somebody else is passive about their search. They're not actively, they're not looking for it in that moment, but the offer is there. And then we also have passive ads for an active viewer. And so um,
0: For active viewer or inactive?
1: A passive ad for an active viewer. Um, And so what that means is that the ad is not, or the offer is not doing anything until somebody is actively seeking it out. So the ad and the interest are opposites. Yes. So when one is passive, the other is active. And when one is active, the other is passive. Um, Okay. So um, personal invitations. How
0: come you don't have an active ad for an active
1: person? Well, we'll we'll go there. Yep. Yep. Um, So personal invitations. Now this one um, can be both... Active or passive; it can be an active or passive offer, depending on who is initiating the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, if the um, the interest is asking you or the church member for the Bible studies, um, then that is the interest that is active, and the member that is the is passive, right? And it doesn't mean that they have always; it doesn't mean that they're not actively working that relationship. It just means that the the request came from the interest. All right, and then um, if the church member is making the offer to the interest, then this is an active offer to a passive interest. And again, it doesn't mean that the interest has not shown signs that they were interested. Hopefully they had and it was not coming out of the blue so that it made sense. Um, But it just means that the offer came from the member. They were the one actively making the offer. Okay, so um, now if the interest is the one asking the church member, we can assume that um, it's likely that the interest trusts the church member, that they feel safe and comfortable with them and digging into those conversations and and walking with them on that path. Um, Now, although not always the case, but hopefully um, when the offer is coming from the church member, And going to the interest hopefully trust is there hopefully because they have a personal relationship um, hopefully the the member is asking at a point that they know that this person is open so hopefully there is trust that's established um, when the offer is made now um, you know in order to really um, you know be open um, on a spiritual journey there has to be trust in that relationship, and as Richie Halverson said this morning, you guys might have heard him, and I was like taking notes of it. Um, but he said, um, "You don't let people get close unless you trust them, right?" So this is a pretty vital piece to that um, to that offer, even when it's done in person. Um, okay, the next. Um, type of offer that we're going to take a look at is mailings. So um, these are an active ad for a passive viewer, meaning that they are landing in somebody's mailbox and somebody goes to check their mail. They are not at that moment actively seeking out a Bible study. It doesn't mean that they haven't expressed an interest before, but they are passive in their, um, in that at the moment, and so then they open their mailbox. They receive an offer. Um, the ad is actively reaching out to them at that moment. Now, um, a mailing is the best way to ensure that everybody in your, um, you know, in that area receives an offer. Um, now you can do a saturation mailing, um, which is typically how mailings work. It's the um, most cost-effective way to do it, and what that means is that the mail pieces are going to land in every mailbox on a carrier's route, so it's saturating that carrier route. And um, and maybe you're familiar with those terms from like event mailings and you know things like that. But um, you know, and so then those can be specifically, you know, you know, landing in the areas that your church ministers to. So, um, so that you're making sure to get that invitation and that offer to those in the communities that you are ministering. All right. So um, next we're going to look at social media ads. So social media ads, again, are an active, ad or offer for a passive viewer. So they are um, scrolling on their phone or on their computer, whatever it is that they are doing, um, and then they see an ad that makes an offer for a Bible study. Now, um, so these ads are targeted and what that means is that they are going to be visible. They're going to be in the feeds, the social media feeds, of those who are most likely to respond. And that's based on their online activity. So what it means is that their online activity shows that they have expressed an interest in, um, in spiritual things. And so now this offer is going to show on their, um, on their page. Now, what's great about this is you can take somebody who has, um, been seeking on their own and build, you know, bring them into a relationship or into community to journey with them, um, so that they are not left to kind of navigate all of those things on their own. So, um, so it just provides them some, you know, that support and then you get to, you know, your team gets to be the one to come alongside them and journey with them on that. Um, okay. And then Google search ads. Now, Google search ads are passive to an active viewer, meaning that, um, the ad is not doing anything. It is there, but it is not doing anything until somebody searches it. So, um, now, um, this is something that we often overlook, right? Because Google is this big thing that we use when we want to know something, but, um, but, It's really um, something that we should give more attention to because um, if you were to um, search on your computer, and I encourage you to try this when you get home, if you were to search on your computer, Bible study, Bible study near me, um, how to study the Bible, things like that, um, you know, whatever you would search if you were, you know, wanting to kind of move into looking for more information on this, um, you know, look at what pulls up. Now, um, chances are it's likely going to be um, national organizations or ministries, um, and it's likely that none of them are going to be Adventists, at least not on the first couple of pages. And like we don't really ever go past the first page. We hardly go past the first few, um, you know, items listed there, but we certainly rarely ever go past the first page. You know, so um, Google ads, Google search ads are um, a tool to get your offer at the top of the list and um, before all the other searches. And it's going to be local in your area. So somebody who responds to it is going to be connected with somebody local that can help them out. At Sermon View, we can help you with all of these with the exception of personal invitations. We encourage you to do those. (laughs) Um, but, um, you know, we can help with those as well as other print items where you can put it out there in your community, things like that. Um, but I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking about, um, lead generator. So lead generator is a campaign that runs on an annual basis and, um, it runs, um, we run, advertisements for free Bible studies on social media. So this is done on Facebook and Instagram, also on Google depending on the plan size that somebody has. And um so you can see an image here um, so the ads are showing up you know in somebody's social media feed. Um, and So when somebody sees an ad, um, they can click on it. They would click through a couple of pages to confirm that they want to receive this offer and um, they're gonna put their information in and then they're gonna submit it. Now, once that happens, they're gonna receive a confirmation email letting them know that their request has been received and that somebody will be contacting them soon. Um, Then your team is gonna get notified and um, let you know that you have a new interest and it's gonna have their information. And then the other thing that's gonna happen is that information is gonna get imported into Interest Tracker. So, um, so that you can then have the information stored there, you can go in, um, assign it to a team member, take notes and record you know, interactions, set follow-ups, things like that, which we'll come back to. Um, now, the, um, the plan guarantees a set number of Bible study requests per month, um, 5, 10, or 15, depending on the plan size. And so at Sermon View, we work with you to determine what is going to be the best plan size for your church. We'll take a look at the area. We'll talk to you about your team and what makes sense, um, those types of things. So we're going to, you know, work with you to help make sure that you have a plan that works best for you and for your area. You might also see that um, in this, like you'll see on this sample here, um, the ads are not run under your church name, Um, so you don't have to have a Facebook account for your church or an Instagram uh, account. Um, We run the ads under the name of My Free Bible Study, and um, we do this for a few reasons. Um, for one, you know, you don't have to worry about having a social media account for your church if you don't already have one. But for two, we want that to be for, you know, your, um, you know, that should be your way to communicate with your members and those connected with your church. Um, now, this also creates a little bit of separation so that if somebody has, you um, you know, had an experience with the church that doesn't reflect who you guys are. Um, again, we don't we don't like to think that somebody didn't have a great experience with the church, but unfortunately, that can happen. Sometimes it was just with a particular person who didn't represent the church or Christ well, and we don't want that to reflect on you. So, by running them under my free Bible study, this um, allows you guys a chance to introduce yourself and get to know them. You get to represent your church instead of you know any other experience that somebody might have. We can talk more about that um, at the end as well. And um, if you want to learn more about how your church can use this as an evangelistic tool, um, you know, we can always talk more about that afterwards or at our booth over there. Now, what we want to do, I'm going to turn this a little bit, is we're going to talk a little bit about the leads themselves. Because after all, um, you know, they aren't just numbers. There's a person behind the lead, right? And you know it is sometimes easy to get caught up on numbers, especially when there is a set number coming in each month and whatnot. but um, remember that there is a person behind each response, and I know that because you guys are here, you guys want you guys care about your communities, you want to reach people um, so I might be preaching to the choir, but I'm just gonna you know do so anyways. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, just remembering that it is about building, um, you know, relationships with people, helping, um, to create a deeper connection between them, moving them towards, um, their, a deeper understanding of God's love. Um, okay. And, well, and, um, and again, taking some notes from one of our speakers here, um, I'm going to re- reword it as Bill McClendon did um, on Sunday evening, that it's not just about what we do, it's about why we do it, right? So we are, we are focusing on their, you know, coming alongside them in their spiritual journey, um, and it's, it's not just about how many we've got going or what we can get them to um, decide. So um, it makes sense that we have to be intentional about thinking about um, people's perspectives that are different from our own, right? Um, It's easy to, you know, we have a certain way of seeing things in the world um, based on our personal experiences, but um, sometimes we have to take a step back and look at what somebody's perspective and experience might be um, when it is different from our own. So we're going to take a quick minute to do that. Um. So, well, first, let me ask: um, Were you both raised in the church? I
0: was yeah. Fourth generation.
1: All right. Yeah. Now, were you raised in the church? No. No. Okay. 18 uh, years. So All right.
0: No religion, no church. No
1: yeah. Well, I was not raised in the church either, and so, um, so we're gonna have a mix of you know perspectives here, right? Which is great. Um, but um. But because um, we all have been in the church for a little while now, a little while, yes, (laughs) a little while, Um, we're going to take a a second to imagine that we were somebody who was not raised in the church and, um, or somebody who maybe was raised in the church, but had a bad experience. Um, Again, because we don't, want to think that that was somebody's experience, but unfortunately it does happen. So, um, so we are going to imagine for a second that that is us and that we are at a place in our lives where we are looking to learn more about faith or about God. And um, so um, if you found yourself in that place and you were curious about faith, what would you do? Would you ask your friends if they were not believers? Now, if somebody is lucky enough to know somebody who who maybe is, you know, they weren't raised in the church, they aren't a person of faith at this point in their life, but they know somebody who um, who is, who has expressed to them that they are, you know, a believer and, um, and they trust that person, then they might go to them, right? And they might go to them and, and ask questions. Maybe they outright ask, maybe they just start dropping little questions, um, here or there, um, and, and initiate the conversation that way. Now, um, the, other option is where we go when, when we want to know anything today and that's online so um, when we want to know something we go online to sort it out and um, to see what we can find even when it comes to them asking somebody in their life who they know is a person of faith if trust and safety isn't there they likely will not ask even in our churches right how many of us Um, and how many of our members feel comfortable, um, asking big questions about God, big questions that challenge our faith and, um, right. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. And so opening up ourselves spiritually. And one of the reasons I want to talk about that is because, um, because growing our faith, I mean, it is, um, You know, it's an extremely vulnerable thing to do. So opening ourselves up spiritually is an incredibly vulnerable thing. Now, we can go through the motions of learning without vulnerability, and we can gain head knowledge, but in order to have a heart impact, there needs to be vulnerability, which requires safety. And in order for it to have an impact on our life, it has to have a heart impact, right? Mm -hmm. So... um, so I know I threw the word out vulnerability a lot of times, but that's one of those reasons that we don't always, even in our church families, feel comfortable talking about um, about the big questions that we have, those questions that challenge our faith, right? Especially if we've been in the church a long time, we we should have this stuff figured out or, you know, those things. But... Um, but you know, getting comfortable with some of those, um, you know, vulnerable conversations is an important thing to do. And it's also important for us to, you know, express and share that we are a safe place to have those vulnerable conversations with others inside our church and out. Now, when somebody does decide to, um, you know, say they don't have somebody in their life that they can turn to. um, Again, they're probably gonna turn to the internet. They're gonna go online. And when they do that, there is a built-in sense of safety. You can ask questions to your computer and your computer won't be like, you know, judging you for asking. Um, You also get to decide how far to go in that, once you start reading or coming across some information, you get to decide how far to go and you also get to decide when to stop. You get to do it um, anonymously, nobody knows you're doing it and you don't have to tell anybody about this, this big question um, that you have or, um, or this big life change that you're thinking about that might impact your other relationships and your family. Um, all right. But, um, like we know your computer can only provide so much, right? And that's going to be the same for somebody else that their computer is only going to provide so much. Their computer can give them information. Their computer can tell them that God is love, but their computer cannot hear their struggles. Their computer cannot then, um, express love, and compassion in their eyes. Their computer cannot um, provide a connection, which we know really is what people are looking for, is a connection, um, whether they recognize it or not. So at Sermon View, we are really blessed um, to support a lot of churches in the NAD. And so um, we work with a lot of churches that are doing um, lead generation and um, working Bible studies um, in their communities. And so we get to hear from them the things that are working best, um, and some of the things, um, so the, their best case, what what's working best for them, and um, so one of the things that we hear over and over is that in-person Bible studies um, really have the best success. And by success, I mean um, engaged um, in the study, um, building a relationship with a person. Um, so um, now. When you're in person, it better allows you to, um, you know, to have a more natural um, flow with that relationship. You're going to be able to kind of gauge where they're at, read their body language, and you're going to be able to gently guide them forward without pushing them too hard, um, so or past where they're ready to go. So um, one thing we want to keep in mind is that we want to guide people out of their comfort zone but not out of their safety zone, right? So we all know that we don't grow in our comfort zone, but we need to make sure that we are not mistaking a safety zone and a comfort zone, because when we've pushed them out of their safety zone, they're gonna, they're gonna disconnect. So again, gently out of their comfort zone, but not out of their safety zone. All right, now when studying with somebody in person, Um, a conversation around any hangups that they might have is going to come a lot more naturally, right? Again, we're going to be able to read body language. So if you bring something up, um, if something comes up in the study that, um, you know, you can see that they're like, you know, maybe they stiffen or maybe their face changes or, um, something like that. You're going to be able to read that and then you're going to be able to respond Um, in a way that, again, is just compassionate, and it's more natural. Um, And so you'll be able to, um, you know, give them reassurance. So maybe there's something in the study that, uh, you know, that um, that we know is important, and and yet they're kind of really struggling with that. And you can have those conversations maybe about what it is that the struggle is, or also just encourage them that this is something that God is, um, you know, helping them to use to grow out of love and, um, and then, you know, use that as a foundation for your conversation. And, um, and so that it's, you know, again, remembering to reflect God's love and character through that, um, and then, um, and then respond accordingly. So, um, so then I want to talk a minute about how to connect with people in person, particularly if they requested their Bible studies online, right? Because we're talking about different ways to um, offer Bible studies into our communities, and um, and that's not always going to be in person. So um, or the, that offer isn't always going to be in person. So, um, So how do we... Um, it takes somebody who responds by mail or online and move them into an in-person study. So we know that reaching people by phone is difficult, right? I don't know, um, you know, How often you've reached out to, um, you know, especially, you know, people who are in younger generations, we don't answer our phones (laughs) and, um, but even, you know, a lot like my parents or whatever, like they don't answer their phones anymore. (laughs) Um, So um, it's hard to reach people by phone. Um, Text message um, is great, but it can only be so personal and email is likely a bit, yeah, is you're going to get a pretty slim response by email. So, um, now sometimes those three options are our only option to communicate with somebody. Um, but a lot of times we really use those more out of convenience than we do out of necessity. So, um, so I want to talk about, Starting that conversation with somebody who's responded to your Bible study offers by going to their door. Now, um, when we do that, it allows them an opportunity to meet you. Um, They're going to be able to, um, you know, kind of, you know, again, read your body language and start getting, um, you know, a sense of who you are based off of who this, you know, person behind the computer or mailer might be. So um, not everybody finds it easy to go to somebody's door, um, but there are ways to soften that to make it a little bit um, easier for both the church member and the interest. So, um, One of the ways you can do that to soften the introduction is, um, bring their Bible study to their door, um, along with a small gift. Now this, you know, you might have a little gift bag or something. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be of high monetary value. Maybe it's a small sharing book. Maybe it's got you know, that with a bookmark and maybe some chocolate or tea or whatever it is, but just something small. Again, it doesn't have to be a large monetary value. Um, But then it allows you to go to their door and have something. Now, when you have a gift to offer, it's going to change How you approach the door as well, right? Because now you don't have to feel like you're trying to sell them something that even though they already requested it, there can be that sense of feeling like you have to sell them something, but instead you get to say, oh, yeah, no, I just wanted to bring this um, and along with your gift. Now um, it's very possible that they might be surprised to see you, right? Especially if they requested that online or um, through the mail. So um, just making sure that you affirm them. Like if they're surprised to see you say, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I just wanted to bring your study in person, make sure you got it sooner and nothing got lost in the mail. And also I have this gift for you that I wanted to deliver as well. And again, that's going to change a little bit of how somebody perceives you versus feeling like, you know, like you have to try and sell them something. Um, Okay. And then, um, and then after that, after delivering their study to them a couple of times in person, you can start having a conversation about, um, you know, just asking, you know, well, hey, um, maybe next week we can, you know, do you have time that we can sit down and talk about what you've been learning again? Um, asking, you know, trying to guide this forward, but asking permission so that we're not pushing them out of their safety zone. Um, and then, It gives them time to mentally prepare, um, to not feel like they're, you know, just kind of being bombarded with that and, and caught off guard. So, um, hopefully by having met you a couple of times, um, they're going to see that, um, that you're not threatening that you, and you're establishing trust with them, um, particularly by asking, you know, questions before you, you know, like asking about setting that time instead of just expecting it, things like that. And so then, you know, hopefully they'll start building some trust um, with you and then you can, you know, that will help establish that. Um, Helping them feel more comfortable. So um, now in a perfect world, they're gonna say, yes, we would love to. And then they're gonna um, invite you back next week. And then you're gonna sit down and you're gonna go through your studies. You're gonna have deep part conversations and, and that's where that's gonna go in a perfect world um, and a perfect scenario. But we know that that's not always going to be the case. And um, and so some are not gonna be open to an in-person study, um, at least not for a while. Maybe, um, you know, somebody never is. Um, there's gonna be some of those, right? Maybe some people are not yet, but it's gonna take a little bit more time to establish that. With lead generator or an online offer, you know, somebody's gonna see the offer and then respond and then your team is going to get that notification and then that's when we recommend you going to their door how do
0: you, how and, do you get that specifically into our area
1: well we run ads specifically in your area
0: in a specific town on
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, what specific social
1: group? yeah well either by social media or, or mailing you know
0: about mailing
1: or social media our zip code Either, Either mailing or social. Code.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything, if you don't mail, what, what's the next step?
1: Social media, running online op- okay, and ads. That
0: is what?
1: Also in your geographical area.
0: Facebook or
1: Google? Or what? It's Facebook, Instagram, Google.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you isolate
1: our town? I mean, any other. Because computers are great that way. We get to say, um, so like here, I think we're in 98661. If we run ads in 98661, it's going to stay in 98661. And and obviously, you know, internet can only be so specific, but, you know, it's not going to be more than a few miles. You know, as far as like Facebook's technique for making sure it's within that, I can't necessarily speak to that. Um, Our marketing coordinator... um, So you'll have a marketing coordinator that's managing your online campaign and they're gonna set up um, the specifics of that to make sure it stays within it. Now, the majority of the time, you're not gonna get a lot of -of out-of-area leads, assuming you're not in a touristy location. So if you're in a high tourist location, you could get a lot of, uh, more than um, an average church would get for out-of-area leads. Now, churches can get an out-of-area lead If somebody from outside of their area travels into their target area, for instance, you are in 98661 right now, zip code. So it's possible that if, um, you know, whatever criteria, um, based on your online activity was also matching what some of the targeting criteria was for the online ads, you could see a Bible study ad for here and respond to it. Now, um, we have processes that you can get that back to us so that it's not counting towards one of your guarantees and we'll get you a new one. But, um, But that's one of the ways that that can happen. The other way is if somebody sees an ad and says, you know what, I think my sister over in you know, Texas would really love this offer. So I'm going to share it with her. And then, so maybe I live here, but I share it with my sister over in Texas and she sees the ad and responds to it. So, um, but in general, um, that's not, I mean, the majority of the time, they are people that are within your area and are not more than three miles outside of your area. And even that doesn't happen too often. So, Roger Walter yesterday morning showed a great video of a woman um, who was sitting on a bench and was sharing, um, you know, how um, she was maybe somebody who was outside the church and, you know, giving a message of how she might push back or might be, you know, perceived as difficult or things like that. Now, that can, we're going to run into those people, right? So, um, these people who, um, maybe when you come to their door, they are like, you know what, just mail them to me. You don't need to come. Or, you know, depending on, um, there is sometimes going to be people who, um, you know, just don't fall into our easy box of moving forward in that, um, on that path. Now, um, those people can sometimes feel more difficult for your team because you're not seeing progress or something, but, you know, keeping in mind again that there is a person behind that, and um, and that their resistance is coming from somewhere, right? So um, this is probably somebody who, um, you know, maybe they had a bad experience with church, maybe they had a bad experience with a church person, maybe um, they are trying to determine if. God is somebody that they can trust. Maybe they're trying to determine if God can actually really love them. And going back to what we were talking about earlier about the difference between like anger and frustration versus vulnerability, that insecurity can be expressed as, you know, maybe, they, maybe it's coming across as grumpy or, you know, closed off right? There's usually something underneath that. And so this is somebody who is, you know, not feeling, you know, at a point where they, they, there's not that established trust for them to open up and, and go there. And so, um, with those people, um, you know, we need to, um, remember for one, again, not taking them out of their safety zone, respecting their boundaries, um, and any of that pushback that they have, which is going to establish trust in general. Um, But we also need to continue communicating and continue interacting and continue trying to build that relationship because, um, again, there is a person um, behind that. And so there are ways that you can do that. For one, you can do that by just like making conversation, right? So um, maybe, you know, we're not keeping conversation just focused on, you know, just on the studies to where they feel like they're just... A number, but having conversations about their family, their life, their interests, maybe their work, whatever it is. So you get an email saying you have a new Bible study interest. And it gives you the name, it gives you the email address, it gives you a phone number, an address, um, and then it lets you know what theme of the ad they responded to. And then they get an email that says, We received your request. Somebody will be reaching out to you. I mean, it's a really nice email. It's, it's not as brief as I just said, um, but it's, it's very nice. Um, and so they get an email letting them know that somebody will be contacting them. So then from there, um, going back to, and so at that point you could email them, you could call them, you could text them. And sometimes that is your only option, but we recommend instead initiating that introduction by going to their door and making an in-person introduction. You know, maybe you bring their studies back the next, you know, their next studies back the next week. And then after doing that a couple of times, again, then you say, hey, you know what, I'd really love um, to sit down and um, talk with you and and hear what you think about the studies, maybe talk about what you're learning. Do you have time to do that next week? And then try and move that from, I drop this off to your door to maybe we sit down every now and then and, talk about this more and and this is how we can progress it from I just deliver things to you and now we're taking it deeper. So when you have somebody that's pushing back and um, and they're not ready to take that further, just respect that but continue building the relationships. Get to know them as a person, not just as somebody that you're studying with and then um, also, you know, find other ways to check in as well. So, um, so that you're still also having some of those conversations related to what they're learning. And maybe, um, you know, it's along the lines of, okay, you know, maybe it's something that they, you know, had just studied on, or maybe even if they're not really engaged with the studies, if you're picking that up, then have those conversations about, um, you know, well, do you feel like the studies are meeting the needs that you have and and answering the questions that you were seeking out? So just having those conversations and continuing to be there. And um, so we're not going to talk about... um, how to give the Bible studies because Cindy has done a great three-part presentation on that. So um, if you weren't able to attend those, they're going to be on the Propel podcast. So you can check those out. They'll also be posted. Um, you know the videos will be available um, at some point down the road as well. So um, so now we're going to talk about um, tools for tracking their progress as you guide them forward to making a decision for Christ. Um, so. Although we have the best of intentions to make, you know, to not let people slip through the cracks, um, we can only remember so much and we can only, um, you know, our intentions, um, you know, sometimes fall short because we're human and we get busy and things happen, right? So um, inevitably we miss people if we do not have tools to um, help us with that. So Interest Tracker was um, designed for specifically that purpose. So Interest Tracker is an online platform for tracking interactions with those who are connected to your church, whether they're a visitor, whether they are somebody that um, attended an event you had, or somebody that you are studying the Bible with. Um, So Interest Tracker was designed with Adventist churches in mind and it continues to be in active development so this is something that continues to grow Um, there are features in this software that you're not going to find in any other software Um, it's built specifically for adventists and um, so the best part of this is um, interest tracker is free to churches in the nad and always will be there um, are Two paid modules that you can add on, but all of the basic features—and there's a lot. It's you know there's a lot of um, features in the basic features. Those are all free. So um, here you can see a quick glance of the system. But um, so in Interest Tracker, in order to really um, be able to um, start using the system, what you're going to do is first you need to establish your team. So um, in Interest Tracker, you have unlimited users. Your users are your team. Um, And you also have three user levels. So you have, um, you know, church admin, you have coordinator, and then you have a basic user so that you can um, set up the user level that works best for each of those team members. Um, And then once you... Um, set up your your users, you're going to want to add your interest. Now, if you're um, using um, sermon views marketing, those are automatically going to get imported into the system, but you can also um, upload them, um, import a list. Sorry, you can import a list And so maybe it's your member list, maybe it's a list that you have on an Excel sheet or something from an event that you held or other Bible study contacts, things like that. Um, And then you can also add them individually one at a time. So if somebody is imported in here from, it's because they responded to an ad that you have. So maybe we're running Bible study ads for you and then they respond and it automatically gets sent here or you add them in one at a time so maybe you have somebody that comes and visited, visits your church on Sabbath morning and you're like, you know what, I just you know, met with Sarah and so we're going to go and add her phone number or add her in here. Maybe she shared her phone number to contact. You can add that as well. Um, or even just if you don't, then at that point. But they can also be imported. So you can have your member list or your other contact list and import them. in. So once people are added in here, then you can put notes and you can put interactions in there. You can um, then assign them to different team members. So maybe there's somebody who visited one Sabbath morning and you're going to assign them to somebody that you think would be a great person for them to, to follow up with them. Um, maybe it's somebody from one of the Bible study contacts and, um, and same thing. But you can also set reminders to follow up with them. And this is how we, again, make sure that people aren't falling through the cracks. So you can assign them to your um, to your team members um, set tasks for following up. And then you're making sure that people aren't slipping through the cracks because there's, you know, this activity that's happening with interest tracker. You also have different ways that you can break up your interest list. So you can, um, add tags to people so that, um, you can group them and, um, or use it for sorting your list. So maybe that's, um, You know, maybe you tag them as visitor, maybe you tag them as Bible study interest or whatnot, but then when you sort, um, you know, you can sort them just by Bible study interest or just by. you know, visitor or whatever it is, maybe it's a health event or whatnot that they came to. Um, So, and then you can also assign them to different team members based on um, who might be a good fit, or you can use the map view to see who lives nearest them and then assign them that way too. So now when you um, contact and communicate with them, you can then go into the system, add notes and interactions, and then you can, immediately then go and schedule another task to follow up with them. So that again, so that they're not getting missed, um, at some point down the road. Yeah. So again, we're, um, you would then, um, you know, follow the steps of creating, um, the user accounts, importing your interest list, um, adding tags, um, bulk assign, um, interests, or you can do it individually and then, um, plan and begin reaching out. At this point, you know that there are leads in your area and you're finding them by personal invitation, by mailing, by social media ads, or um, by Google, and they're in your interest tracker account, um, and you're communicating um, with your team for how to approach the leads, but how should we be communicating with them um, is another question, right? So um, we recommend Um, that if you don't already have a way to do that, then to um, create a communication plan. So, um, or to start with um, a weekly encouraging message. So um, you can do that by um, sending... a message that is inspiring and uplifting, and we encourage you to put three different components into that message, and you can see those here. So you should have an anchor text or message, an encouraging word from scripture, and then an invitation for them to reply and engage with you. You always want to give them an opportunity to engage at the end. We have a sample here, so you can see um, a sample message, which is formatted for text message. Um, and so God cares. This is our, um, anchor text. Um, and then we can rest in the promise that God is with us and knows us by name. He holds us as we experience hardship, want to learn more. So, um, that first part, God cares, anchor text, encouraging message and then opportunity to respond. Yeah. Yeah, now this again is formatted for text message. If you are doing that by um sending it by email, um you can expand that a little bit but you still want to keep it brief because somebody's not going to read it if it's really long right as i mentioned earlier interest trackers basic features are free um, and then there's a couple of add-on modules one of them helps track attendance for events and then the other one is um, sms messaging so you can communicate with your leads right from the system and then you don't have to worry about somebody using their personal phone you don't have to worry about, um, at least not for um, text messaging. And, um, and then you can also send messages in bulk and simplify, um, you know, your time there. So you can send those weekly messages. Um, uh, these sample texts, you can send these in bulk on a regular basis to your interest list, um, to your Bible study contacts. Um, you can also schedule them in advance so that you don't have to you know sit down at a specific time each week but you can um, then also you know schedule them out for maybe a month and you don't have to you know do it all the time then another cool feature about SMS messages is merge tags and merge tags um, allow you to add a personal touch to your text messages without having to actually send 30 or 50 personalized messages so um, maybe that merge tag is like a name or something like that. And then, um, you know, and then it will insert each individual person's name in that message when it sends it out. Any field in the interest record, including the custom fields can be used as a merge tag. So you can personalize that however you need to. And then I want to share a report that we received from the Capitol Hill Church in Washington, D.C. Now, they do a lot of work in their community, and they have a very robust Bible study lead generation um, system that they are just, you know, always working. And and so they also use SMS messaging through Interest Tracker, and um, they used the merge tag feature recently after um, it was released to personalize messages that they were sending out. So they recently shared a story that I just want to share um, because it shows really the power of how a personalized message can. Um can make a difference. We divided up our list of interests and gave them to church members to pray for by name. We then used the merge tags in Interest Tracker to send a personalized SMS message that included the interest name and let them know that we were praying for them by name. I can't even explain how positive the personalized messages were. We received responses from interests we had never received a response from yet. Here's just one example of someone who had never responded before so you can see how impactful the ability to personalize the messages are. She says, Raphael, thank you so much. To know that you prayed for me by name blesses my soul. I'm going through a difficult time financially and those words alone have made by day. God bless you. This is somebody who they had sent messages to somebody who had responded to their Bible study offer and hadn't really been engaging with them. And by personalizing a message, she responded and has began opening up, you know, that there. So, um, so it's such a great tool. This is only one of the, um, responses that he let us know about from people who hadn't engaged back with them and then started doing so after they were communicating regularly. You know, we know that oftentimes people find themselves searching for God when they are at a time in their life when, um, you know, things are bigger and heavier than what they can handle and, um, experiences that are just overwhelming. And so, um, you know, to be able to add a personal touch, to be able to come alongside them and journey with them, um, it can be difficult. And also it is a great honor that God has invited us to participate in. As we wrap up, I just want to remember that we need to be reaching out into our communities and we need, need to be putting the offer out there um, that we are there for people when they are see- seeking, when they're searching and they want to learn more about God and the Bible. Maybe that is through Lead Generator. Um, Maybe it's through a mailing, maybe it's through um, personal invitation. We certainly encourage that, but maybe it's also printing off invitation cards or offer cards and putting them at the local laundromat, whatever it is, making sure that, um, you know, that the offer is out there in the community so that you're Church um, is a place where somebody knows that they can turn to when they are searching. Then as leads come in, you want to make sure that you are entering them into interest tracker, um, using the system to make sure that that people don't fall through the cracks, making sure that we are letting people know that they are not forgotten, that we care about them, and that we're there for them. And, than just doing what God has asked us to do, build those relationships, so to continue um, reaching out and letting them know that we're there.
0: As I've mentioned in previous episodes, one of the things that we did at the Propel Conference was the practice of reflection. Don't just take in this fire hose of information. Stop for a moment and think about how this could be applied in your ministry. At the Propel Conference, we even offered some reflection questions for you to consider. So right now I'd like you to pause and just reflect on what you heard in this episode. What was the big idea for you? How will you apply this in your own ministry context? And when this episode finishes in another minute, I encourage you to pause for five or 10 minutes and just let your mind wander. This reflection time can be really powerful. Okay, that's it for this episode. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at propelconference.org. Special thanks to Sarah Grant for speaking at this year's Propel Conference. This has been the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. The Propel Podcast is sponsored by the North Pacific Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and is produced by the crew at Summit View Evangelism Marketing. I'm Larry Witzel, wishing you God's richest blessing in your evangelistic journey. Please join us again next time for another episode of The Propel Podcast.